What's up, Calvary family? Hello and welcome to week five of our eight-week series, Enemies of the Heart. Clap your hands if you've been blessed thus far. I'm so excited about today. I want to take a moment to welcome all of the beautiful people that are here with us in person today. What's up, Calvary? Y'all all right? Especially this section right here. They look good. A lot of beautiful look faces. Good. This middle section, good to see y'all in person. I didn't forget about y'all. I see y'all back there. So good to see everybody in person. We're having fun today. Want to take a moment to welcome those of you that are joining us online. And a great big welcome to those that are here for the very first time, whether in person or online. Can we welcome them today, Calvary? Do me a favor. Go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel, or 1 Samuel chapter 30. And while you're turning there, I just want to say something. I'm sure you've noticed this, that if you're online, we appreciate technology. And I know you're in the comfort of your beautiful home, maybe in your car, but nothing replaces the powerful flow of the Spirit, right. the energy of God's presence, the fun, the joy, the exchange of smiles that we experience when we are here together in person. Gathering is essential. It is life-giving. I want you to partake. I want to see some people that have been joining us online. I want you here live and in person soon. Can we just clap our hands for those that are coming soon? We want you here with us. There is such an amazing presence when we get together and worship. Well, if you notice, I'm not alone today. We're in part five, week five. And this message is so powerful, so needed that I can't preach this one alone. It's going to take two of us to get this word out. Do me a favor. Welcome my partner, my friend, Pastor Jacob. Go ahead and greet the people, sir. Calvary family, it's so good to be with you all today. Pastor Kareem said it. We're going to get into some good stuff today. Man, this Excited is good. We are moving forward in our series. So, enemies of the heart. It is not about the physical heart. It's about the other heart. It's important to understand that in these uncertain times that we're in, that the world has so many things that want to reach out and suspend and paralyze and distract your heart. Right. Maybe that's why Proverbs 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Another version says above all else, yeah. above all else, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. Are we saying that the upkeep of your soil is the only responsibility? No, we're not. We're saying it is the most important responsibility of a believer. It is to guard your heart. Here's a story. I, I love this story. We, we read it earlier, Pastor Jacob, but it's a story of uh, Christian Bernard of South Africa. He was the first doctor to successfully perform a heart transplant operation. And one day he was talking to his second transplant patient, Philip Blayberg. He asked him if he would like to see his old heart that he had, the doctor had removed. Dr. Bernard took a glass jar containing Blayberg's old heart off the shelf and he handed it to him. This is powerful, y'all. Because the first time in history, a man actually looked at his own heart. It was a powerful moment. It was a significant moment. So the patient... Blayberg made a very powerful statement, comment, when he saw his heart. Oh, I get choked up on this one, y'all. He said, so this is the old heart that caused me so much problems. This is the old heart that was getting in the way of me and my family. 
This is the old heart that was wiping away my energy to fulfill the dream and passion that God put on the inside of me. This is the old heart that made my family nervous, thinking that I was going to take my last breath. This is the old heart that brought so much anxiety and fear. He looked at that old heart that brought so much trouble. I got a question today, Calvary. What if God was to show us our old heart? Not this old heart. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the old heart that you had before Christ. That heart that gave you way more trouble than your physical heart could ever give you. That heart that convinced you that you were not good enough. The heart that told you that you would never mount up to God's yeah. plan and purpose. That heart that convinced you that you were not good enough for God's promises and blessing. The heart that consistently tried to get you to deny and doubt the power of God. I'm talking about that heart that spent more time worrying than believing. What if God allowed you to see that heart? See, God the Father i got some good news for you today. He transplanted his holy heart. And he put it on the inside of Come us. On. Here's why he did it. He gave us his heart so we can think his thoughts. So we can feel what he feels. Yes. And so we can see what he sees. Clap your hands and thank God for the new heart that he has given you in Christ. See, Calvary, in the first garden, we had a massive heart attack. But in the second garden, God performed open heart search. <laughs> Come on. Long ago, he promised that he would give us a new heart. Remember Ezekiel chapter 36? See, you will never see things the way God sees them. You will never have God's proper perspective without a heavenly heart transplant. So Today, I want you to so lift good. up your hands and I want you to start thanking God for the new heart that he has given you in Christ Jesus. I want you to take just a few moments to recognize the fact that you have his heart beating on. on the inside of you. I want you to rejoice in the fact that you can now see the things the way he sees them because you now have his heart. Now, if you miss any part of the series, I want you to go back, check it out online. Also, I want you to check out Pastor Ben's podcast. Man, it's 20, 25 minutes of amazing revelation. And speaking of Pastor Ben, can we honor our lead pastor today, Pastor Ben and Kim? Man, I love them. I'm so excited about being a part of this team. So let's get right into it, Pastor Jacob. We're talking about this fifth enemy of the heart called discouragement. That's right. And I think it goes without saying uh, life is full of what I like to call obstacle illusions. Yes. Obstacle illusions. It's easy to slip on the lens of discouragement when everything in our life is going wrong. Right. Everywhere we seem to be hit with negativity, trouble, sorrow, loss, pain, whatever it is. But when we look through these dark yeah. spectacles, mm -hmm. through these dark lenses, what happens to us is we lose sight of God's opinion of the matter. Yes. I'll say it again. When we begin to view life through negative, last week we talked about it, pessimistic lenses, what happens to us, and we don't always register it, is we begin to go throughout life losing sight of God's opinion of the matter that's in front of us. And before we know it, you and I are ready to resign from the human race thinking there's no reason to continue. But think about it. A tree is best measured when it's down. Yeah. I think that's true with people too, but being down doesn't mean being done. Yeah. Sometimes we have to get to the end of ourself, to the end of our ropes to experience Ooh. 
the grace of God. There's a story I came across, took place in the 1930s, where 250 men were holding the ropes to an airship, much similar like to a blimp, and they were holding these ropes on every side to keep it from floating away, and suddenly a gust of wind caught one end of the airship, lifting it high off of the ground, and some of the men that were holding the ropes immediately let go of the ropes, and they fell safely to the ground. They were untouched, unhurt. Others panicked, clinging to the end of their ropes at the nose of the, as the nose of the airship elevated higher and higher, and several of those men who wouldn't let go and kept holding on ended up being seriously injured. One man, however, continued to dangle high in the air as the blimp continued to elevate into the sky. And for about 45 minutes, there he hung until he was rescued. And reporters later asked the gentleman how he was able to hold onto the rope for so long. And this is what his response was. He said, I didn't hold onto the rope. I just tied it around my waist and the rope held on to me. Come on. Come on. David of the Bible was once at the end of his rope. Yes, and what he had to learn was to let God hold him up. Y'all remember David yes, of the Bible, right? Yes. The sheep tending, rock slinging, giant killing, wife stealing, songwriting guy who penned the 23rd Psalm. Y'all remember him. Yes. He didn't spend all of his time lying in green pastures beside still waters. There, were, there was a lot going on. Sometimes he had to walk through Death Valley, and sometimes he had to sit at tables in the presence of his enemy. Let's take a look at the key verse. 1 Samuel 30, 3 through 6 says, When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire, their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed because the men that were with him were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of their sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Church, say that with me today. David found strength in the Lord his God. So what's the context of the story? One day David and his men returned back to their city, Ziglag. They discovered that the Amalekite army had been burned down to the ground and everything they owned, everything they loved, everything they held dear, their wives and children were taken captive. They were missing. And David along with 600 of his men fell to their knees and the Bible says that they wept and cried aloud until they exhausted themselves. How many of y'all know those, those cries that you've cried before when, when you cry so hard nothing even comes out? You just... Ah, that's where they were. They were right there. Nothing was coming out. And just when David thought things couldn't get any worse, he overheard his own men whispering behind his back, saying, if we hadn't left our families to follow David, none of this would have happened. This is all David's fault. Let's stone him and make him pay for the loss of our families. Now, 
Murphy's Law, which says if something can go wrong, it will go wrong, not to be confused with Moses' law, was in effect that day. David was already fleeing from Saul. His family had been kidnapped. His house had been burned down. His own men were threatening to kill him. David was at his lowest point in life. And maybe that's some of you here today and maybe some of you listening online. You're at the end of your rope. Discouragement had depleted all the strength of David's heart. He had reached the end of his rope to the point where it would have been pretty easy for him to give up. Yeah. And here's what I think about, you know, these battles. I love battle history. I yeah. love to hear the history of battles, whether it's in the Bible, history books. But here's one of my favorites right here, Pastor Jacob. Lord Horatio Nelson fought the Battle of Copenhagen. Right. His senior most trusted officer, his buddy, wow. in the midst of a heated moment of a battle that looked like they were going to lose, his senior officer hoisted the flag, signaling, signaling retreat. He was waving the white flag. See, sometimes in life, those closest to you, they don't see what you see. Mm. Sometimes the ones that you trust the most, they don't see what you see. And you got to be able to tap into something deeper Come than on. the natural eye. Yes. And Lord Nelson deliberately, he saw it, but he deliberately put his telescope to a blind eye. I'm prophesying over somebody today, and I'm telling you that those close to you may be waving the flag, saying that you ought to give up, Woo. you ought to quit, but I'm telling you to put a blind eye to it, and I want you to make the confession that Lord Horatio made. He said, I do not see defeat. Yeah. I do not see it. We will not surrender. And here's what I love about history it says if he had surrendered when it looked like defeat he would have never captured 12 Danish ships and got to the place of victory I'm here to tell you that on the other side of what looks like defeat yeah. is a major victory I'm talking to some underdogs today yes, when everybody around you is saying quit it looks like you ain't gonna make it but I'm here to tell you you can put a blind eye to everything yes, that sir. everybody else is seeing and I want you to see what God sees yes. I want you to see victory. Come on, repeat that after me. Say, I do not see defeat. I do not see defeat. I'm trying to move fast, but I feel like preaching today. I knew it was going to take right. two of us. <laughs> it reminded me of the story of 2 Kings chapter 6. Remember Elisha and his servant Elijah? Chapter 6 is a story of a special forces of an enemy army. They came and ambushed with a surprise attack. They thought they were going to kill Elijah. Right. And the servant goes out, he looks out the window, and he sees these, this army in front of him. They surrounded the city. It looked like it was over. The servant ran back into the house and said, Elijah, I hope you're sitting down. You ain't going to believe this. They up out there, dog. They coming to get us. We can't go nowhere. We can't go out the back door. We can't go in the tunnel. There's no way out. It's over. I'm here to tell you that some of you today, it feels like it's over. It looks like you're surrounded. It looks like you ain't going to make it out of this. But I love what Elijah said to the servant. He said, don't worry. Don't panic. Don't be afraid. If I was the servant, I would have said, you got a whole lot of nerves. I got rifles and guns aimed at me. There's red dots all over my chest. And you telling me, don't worry. He said, Father, open his other 
eyes. I'm here to tell you that the natural eyes cannot see the victory. But if God opens up your other eyes, you will always see that yeah. there was an army surrounding the army that was surrounding you. And there's more for you than against you. But you'll never see who's for you. If you look out your natural eyes, you got to look through the eyes of your heart discouragement wants to blind the eyes of your heart and make you think it's over but I'm here to tell you it ain't over it's just beginning because there's a victory for you to see there's a joy for you to tap in there's a peace for you to receive and it's on the inside of you that's right that's right see here's something we got to get to pastor Jacob second Corinthians and is this man I'm feeling something today y'all See, David saw a victory in the midst of discouragement. It reminds me of 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Yeah. Paul, who saw a victory in the midst of a weakness. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Why? Not because I'm crazy, but so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm here to tell you that you may feel discouraged. It may look like it's over. You may be outnumbered through the natural eye. You may feel weak. I'm here to tell you that his grace yes. is sufficient for you. And by his grace, you will walk through this victoriously in Jesus' name. Clap your hands if you receive that today. Man. them other eyes so maybe you're listening to us this morning and maybe discouragement has drained the last ounce of energy of your heart talking to somebody watching online maybe you're sitting here watching and these words resonate with you because you're at the end of your rope your fingers are slipping you feel too weak to hold on but listen yeah. the end of your rope does not mean the end of your hope actually the end Amen. of your rope is the beginning of your hope yes, that's sir. the place where you Come stop on. trusting in self and you begin to trust in God and after Amen. and only after yes. you've exhausted yes. your own strength will you discover that God's grace and his mercy is sufficient for you in your life it's his grace and mercy that will carry you you through those things that you cannot manage on your own. Come on, man. That's a word. Pastor Kareem, I, I, I told you in yeah. first service, I'm no Dr. Seuss, all right? But I came across an anonymous poem yeah. that uh, I thought would fit for what we're talking about today. Okay. Give some wise counsel to those who are going through a difficult time. Do y'all want to hear me read the poem? Come on. Come on. All right, Come on. all right. It says this. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems uphill, when funds are low and debts are high, and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. When he might have captured the victor's cup, he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint in the clouds of doubt. 
and you cannot tell how close you are, it may be near when it seems afar. So Calvary, stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you mustn't quit. I'm a poet and didn't know it. Come on, come on. <laughs> Somebody get this man a beat. You need to take that to the studio, baby. That's a hit right there. But we're going through some things right now in our culture, in our nation. Hey, you name it. There's some difficult times, but that poem had wisdom. But I believe that the word of God has some wisdom and some counsel for us. Yes. So if you're going through times, seasons of uncertainty, as you go through this journey, I've got three things that I want you to take note of. If you're following along, get your app out. Let's move quickly together. The notes are there. Let's follow. Number one, look for the reward beyond the obstacle. Mm. Mm. Man, if you're going through a tough time, I want you to hear this. Look for the reward beyond the obstacle. Yeah. Henry Ford said, obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off the goal. I want to put a little new covenant on that powerful Come statement. On. I say it like this. Obstacles are the things you see when you take your eyes off of the kingdom. And where is the kingdom? It's on the inside of you. God wants you to focus on what he put inside of you. Do not allow what you are seeing in the natural to block your vision of what God has spoken over you. Every time you get a word from the Lord, there's going to be a boulder to try to block it. But you got to tap into your other eyes and you have to see beyond the obstacle so that you can receive the reward. See, God has laid something out for all of us, but there's boulders. Yeah. There's obstacles. Come on, you live in Texas. You know that your, your trip should be five minutes to get to work, but it took you an hour because of an obstacle that was on the road, yeah. whether it was an accident. I was on the road the other day. It was a mattress in the middle of a highway. I go down another quarter mile, it was a couch. Then I'm looking at all the pillows. I'm saying somebody did not strap up that pickup while they was moving. It was roadblocks everywhere, right? So a five-minute trip turns into an hour because of obstacles. But here's what God has called us to do. Look beyond the obstacles. See, what are your obstacles today? I don't know what it is. All I know is it's a test to see if you really want what God put before you. See, if you really want it, you will find a way to get around that obstacle. Yeah. If you really want health in your marriage, you'll find a way to get around it. If you really want to be prosperous, you'll find a way to get around poverty. If you really want your children blessed, you'll wow. find a way to speak the right things over their life. If you really want health in your community, you'll find a way to get this gospel message to those that live next to you. Maybe your boulder is intimidation, inferiority, judgment, pessimism. I don't know what the boulders are in your life, but here's what I do know. His grace is greater. Yes. And God has given yes. you the power to overcome every obstacle in your life. I love James 4, 6. It says, but he gives us more grace. He gives us greater grace. What does it mean? His grace in us is more powerful than the problem around us. Oh, I got to say it again another way. His grace in us is greater than the mountain before us. 
I'm going to say it another way. I'm going to say it another way. His grace in us yeah. is greater than the giant that's standing against us. Any way you put it, his grace is greater. I don't know what you're going through today, but I want you to know that his grace in you is more powerful, but you got to tap into it. That's right. That's tap right. into it. That's so strong. Powerful. Okay, number two, we're moving yep. along. Number two, write this down in your app. As we journey through these difficult and troubling times that we are currently in, number two, stay confident in the midst of uncertainty. Say that again. Say stay that again. confident in the midst of uncertainty. We must keep our composure, Pastor Kareem, yes. in difficult times because did you know that confidence promises a great reward? Yes, sir. Confidence promises a great reward. Listen, if you don't have peace in these times of uncertainty, that is an indicator of where you are placing your confidence. I'll say it one more time as, as you're checking your heart today. If you don't have peace in this time, in this day, in this age, that is an indication of where you have placed your trust, where you have placed your confidence in Calvary. May I remind you today, lift your hands. We do not put trust in systems. We do not put our trust in governments. We do not put our trust in programs. We do not put our trust in people. Oh, but we put our trust in Jesus and in him alone and if you believe that clap your hands and shout Lord I trust you, I trust you Lord. we trust you Lord Powerful. Hebrews 10 verses 35 through 36 says so do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded it goes on to say you need to preserve it so that when you have done the will of God you will receive what he has promised. Yes. Another translation says, don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward, mm -hmm. for you have need of endurance so that you may receive what has been promised. Look, the spirit of discouragement wants us to throw away our confidence. Why? So that we will forfeit the rewards of the kingdom. That's the goal. The, the goal of discouragement is for you and I to forfeit and neglect all that God has promised us, all of the benefits, all of the blessings, all of the rewards attached to our new nature in Christ. That is the goal of discouragement, to disconnect us from all that we have in Christ. And I don't know about you, but I have never met a confident, discouraged person. If we took a vote of confidence right here, right now, in this place, I'm telling you, the nays would have it. The negative, pessimistic folk would have it, no problem. But, it, but listen, it is hard to endure trying times without being empowered by the spirit of grace, which, by the way, is our confidence. We must be empowered by the spirit. I heard something a few days ago that stuck out to me. Short little story, several children were in a park and they were uh, watching a man release helium-filled balloons. And the man began by letting go of a white balloon. It floated up into the sky. Then he released yellow and red balloons, which also flew up in a way. And then a little African-American boy came up to him and said, Sir, uh, if you let go of a black balloon, will it go up also? Yeah. The man replied, Young man, 
The color on the outside has nothing to do with it. It's what's on the inside that makes it rise. What's the connection? When you and I recognize, whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, that God's indwelling spirit has filled our heart, you will confidently, I said you will confidently rise above the clouds of discouragement in your life. Which means what? Lift your hands one more time. It means you can rise above your past mistakes. You can rise above that criminal record. Yeah, that's for someone right there. You can rise above failing grades. You can rise above that negative medical history. Someone received that right there. I declare that when you realize Christ in you, you can rise above your zip code. You can rise above poverty. You can rise above lack and debt. Don't get me started. You can rise above racial injustice. And my God, you can rise above COVID-19. If you receive that, someone give God a shout of praise today. You can rise above it. In Jesus on the inside on the inside we rise because of what is on the inside Woo. of us man Hebrews 4 gives me this picture man Talk I had a revelation during our, our garden time just yeah. meditating on the Lord and I've noticed that my biggest areas of slavery personal slavery it is never what someone on the outside can do to me it is what I believe about myself these dwarfed opinions. Did you know that if you focus on the outside, the only result you'll ever get back is a dwarfed opinion when you compare it to the plan that God has for you. So God's view of me is so great that I'll never discover it from the outside in. I want you to know that God's plan is too great for that. The only way to get a revelation of how powerful you are is to look from the inside out somebody got the revelation up in here today it's what he put on the inside of me that determines how great i am guess who he put on the inside of all of us we've got jesus on the inside of us we've got greatness before us we've got greatness in us we are rising above every situation every circumstance no more dwarf opinions of ourselves we see ourselves the way that our good father sees us clap your hands if you believe that today so good you're rising above your mistakes You're rising above your shortcomings and your faults. You're rising above addictions and low self-esteem. You're rising above rejection and abandonment. You're rising above what you heard when you was 12 years old. You're rising above what you felt at 18. You're rising above what you saw as a young man or woman. You're rising above what they said about you. You're rising to the place where you are convinced, you are steady, and you are confident in what the Father has spoken over you he puts something on the inside of every single one of us and we're rising above discouragement today that's it if you are discouraged it means you are dis disconnected you are separated from the courage that's on the inside of you it means you're focusing on the wrong things Stop looking at the outward appearance to get revelation of who you are. It's time to look on the inside and find out that there's something already in you that gives you everything you need to become the person God has called you to be and to achieve what he has called you to achieve. You're a son and a daughter already accepted, already approved. You got a seat at the table. You are totally righteous and you got everything you need 
to rise above every situation. I'm talking to somebody today. If I ain't talking to y'all, I'm talking to myself today. Here's the third thing. We're moving quick. You got to remember that God has the last word. Yes, yes. As we go through these uncertain times, as we go through these tough trying seasons in life, remember that God has the last word. That's right. Pastor Jacob, I don't know how this works. I don't know how God does it, but I believe Romans 8, 28. I know that I can still have hope because we know that in all things, all things, the good, the bad, the ugly, God works for the good of those who love him. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he makes this happen. I don't know the formula. I don't know the solution. I don't know anything about how he does it. But I know that if I'm called according to his purpose, that he is going to make everything work out for my good. And I'm telling you today that even though you may see defeat, I'm here to tell you that the defeat that you think you see is actually a token, a tool that you will look back in the past and say that thing worked out for my good I came out on top I felt like it was over but God turned that thing around and it worked in my favor clap your hands if you receive that today and I don't know how he does it in church when 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 our soul when our mind yes. begins to acknowledge the truth that God is in control yeah. I'm gonna tell you you begin to expect good things to happen yes. in your life. Yes. Why? Because you are encouraged in the Lord mm. and no longer discouraged by what you see in the natural. Man. Where does the discouragement come from? Yes. It comes through our natural senses. Yes. When we begin to reverse that thing, when we begin to renew our mind from what we see in the natural to the promises of God in the spirit realm, in the kingdom of God, we begin to expect good things to happen you say yeah 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 but pastor jacob well, what if god doesn't meet my expectations yeah. well let me be the first to tell you sometimes he doesn't Come on. think about martha with her brother yep. lazarus <laughs> we all know he ends up dying but her expectation was that Jesus would heal her brother. He'd come in time to heal her brother. So when he didn't meet her expectation, she was what? Discouraged. But here's a truth that I have learned to love about the Father. Sometimes God won't meet your expectations because he wants to exceed your expectations. That's the God we serve. That's the Father that is always taking care of us. I declare that over somebody today. He's going to exceed your expectations even before the end of 2020 in Jesus' name. Looking at our key text today, encouragement is what kept David going. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last verse yes. of the passage. Yep. But he was encouraged in the Lord. In courage, to find courage that is within. Yeah. David looked within his heart and discovered that there was still some courage left within him. He, uh, he discovered that there was still some joy yeah left in him yes. still some peace yes. in his heart in spite of all the difficulty yes. that he had been through he strengthened himself in the lord he rallied the troops together he conquered that same army the amalekites that took everything from him and he recovered all that they had taken from him now listen 
that would not have been possible if he hadn't first removed the spirit of discouragement from his heart. In the New Covenant, we would say if he hadn't first renewed his mind to the truth of what God believes, it wouldn't have been possible. But David refused to see through the lens of discouragement any longer. He removed those lens from his heart, looked inside only to discover joy, peace, courage, and strength that God put within him. And listen to me right here. If you think that David had it good, may I please remind you today that you and I as new covenant believers after the cross have it so much better than David. We have the overcomer himself that said, I will will never leave you I will know oh, okay y'all want to okay they don't want to get happy with me but see the encourager himself has now made his home within us and he says you got the source of encouragement within you at all times whenever you need him all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus and everything you need he supplies in Jesus name so we have it so much greater than even David did. It's on the inside of us. Yeah, yeah. It's on the inside. Well, let's pray for the people before we transition, man. We got so much more. That's why you got to stay connected. You got to get on that podcast. You got to get on the Calvary app because this series is power packed. We're dealing with the enemies of the heart. We're talking about discouragement today. And before we leave, I want you to lift your hands. I'm going to make some simple confessions over you. I feel like the prophet Elijah today, when he, when he spoke over his servant, he said, Father, I pray that you will open his eyes, his other eyes, so that he can see that there are more for us than against us. I want you to know that to every bill, every debt, every financial responsibility that you see with your natural eye as a son and daughter, there is already a supply that is bigger and greater than your biggest need, but you must open your other eyes to see that yeah. God has yeah. already provided. Yeah. I pray that God remove the lens of discouragement from your heart. I pray that you will open your heart, the heart of the, the eyes of your heart, to see that the sun is shining and tilted in your favor. I pray that you will see the hand of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God is leaning in your direction. I pray that you will see yourself receiving every reward that your good father has placed on the other side of the obstacle. I pray that you will open your eyes and see yourself confident in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will open your eyes and see yourself walking through every door that was closed and locked. You have been given access and the natural eye does not have the code of entry, but the spiritual eye, you notice that the door has already been opened by a good father and he says, welcome in and receive the good treasures that I have laid aside for you. I pray that you will see yourself rejoicing in the midst of tears. I pray that you will see your business thriving, your children blessed. I pray that you will see giants falling. I pray that you will see yourself healed, see your family restored. 
See your family restored. See your family restored. See your son receiving the grace of Jesus. See your daughter walking in total victory. See the victory and be encouraged in Jesus' name. Clap your hands if you receive that today. Amen. Come on, Calvary, clap your hands if you receive that here in person. If you're watching online, that prayer was for you to see your victory in Jesus' name. We're removing the lens of discouragement from our hearts, and we see victory. We do not see defeat. Amen.